coming up on this week's episode of RSVP. And I do remember belting out some Disney tunes in the lobby. That, that's actually possibly up there with one of my worst nightmares. Got to have a bit of bad weather to bring people together. You know, you never know who you might meet in the rain. <laughs> it's time for a little RSVP, the show full of rants and stories, visions and pains, and so much more with special guests and fun galore. Hotels, destinations, nightmares, and dreams, confessions, and everything in between. So sit back. Relax, pour a wine or whiskey, get comfy, cause it's time for RSVP. Hello and welcome to another episode of RSVP. I'm Callum Dilietto and this is the podcast for events and travel professionals looking for a bit of inspiration and, well, lots of banter. One thing that's inspired me this week is the UK's roadmap to recovery. Now, understandably, lots of people are cautiously optimistic. And this is purely because, well, we've been in three different lockdowns, each time being promised a glimmer of hope and then having it snatched away from us. However, I feel like this time is different. I feel with the vaccine rollout, we have the right to be a little bit excited for what's coming. And this is the same all over the world, of course. I do genuinely think that by the end of 2021, coronavirus could be a distant memory. We shall see. For now, though, parties feel like a distant memory. And it was at one particular industry party that I met this week's guest, Esther Clark, a freelancer that is very well known in the UK events industry, and deservedly so. I really can't wait for you to hear what she has to say and the stories that she has to share. So, without further ado, sit back, relax and enjoy this episode of RSVP. Hi Esther, thank you so much for taking the time out to feature on RSVP. You're welcome out of my busy, busy lockdown day. (laughs) Yes, well that is true actually. It's a good time to grab people when they're uh, locked away and aren't distracted by the the great side of, of traveling and flying all over the world. Yeah. We met, I, I was trying to think about this, I'm pretty sure it was, a, it was a big industry event and then we ended up basically just like singing Aladdin or something and running around um, yeah. slightly inebriated to the entertainment of everybody else at the event. Yeah, I think it was at the Hard Rock Hotel London, the opening, and I do remember belting out some Disney tunes in the lobby. Maybe. Do you know what? No regrets. <laughs> I, I think that's the way to go. That is the kind of, imp- that's the first impression that, uh, that you made with me. And it was a fantastic first impression. So it I was, was very a good pleased night. with it. It was a good night. Since then, I feel like you are possibly one of the most well-networked freelancers in the industry. You seem to be known by everybody and yet you are your own brand. You're not even really kind of representing an agency or, or a corporate. Yeah, as an event oh, do you think so? Okay. Yeah, no, I, I basically like a freebie. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? <laughs> but it, it works in your favour because you've worked for some of the biggest agencies um, that I can think of and you've worked on some incredible events. 
but yeah you are your personal brand is very very strong <laughs> and i think a lot of people in the industry in the uk industry anyway uh will know your name and be excited to, to hear what you have to share yeah no pressure then <laughs> The first part of RSVP is, of course, the R, where we get you to rant, get something off your chest and just generally shout about something that needs to be shouted about. So what is your rant? Yeah, so I was thinking about this. I don't normally like to be too negative, you know, I, I you got to let it wash over you. You just have to in this industry as well. So I was thinking of, you know, different things that annoyed me. And the one I've picked on isn't so relevant right now but basically when you're super busy as an event planner you know that's your job you know working till late hours and everything and saying that I I like a networking event what I don't like is when I would get the pressure from suppliers to meet with them in the day and you kind of get a bit of pressure to come in and they're like oh it'll only be 15 minutes and you're like no no it won't be 15 minutes it'll be an ipad presentation and i'll be half thinking about all the emails i've got to do and everything i've got to send and i know it's part of their job but if this is a true rant time that that would be the thing that used to always get me and and you'd feel bad having to say you couldn't meet with them and you know asking if you're interested in Guatemala as a destination you're like maybe one day but not right now <laughs> so yeah that that's probably my run is not having not having the time to to have all these meetings with suppliers and then feeling really bad that you couldn't meet with them um, and getting the guilt pressure going on it's the yeah the guilt pressure is the issue isn't it you know if you're too busy you're too busy and you can't help that but the the guilt afterwards and the kind of well you know it would be really really nice if you could and then, yeah. like you said, for the time to then just be spent on an iPad flicking through images that you could have done online yes. um, rather than a more productive <laughs> meeting. I, I've heard event planners complain about that before, to be fair. Yeah, it's just, you know, our, our main job is planning the event and I, and I get that it's key for you to meet with us as well. And um, my tag on rant of that was at the end when they say, oh, we've got a gift for you and you're like, ooh, what is this gift you're bringing me? USB every time <laughs> in some kind of random form and I think once I had a supplier and they like I've got a really good gift for you and I think I said oh it's, at least it's not a USB then and she's like oh no no it is it's <laughs> like hand it over I'll add it to the collection it's funny isn't it because there was a time when USBs were definitely you know they were the go-to um and they were innovative the first time a, a usb was given to me as a freebie i was like this is such a great idea this is really <laughs> useful because i don't have enough portable storage for my files and then by the like 100th i started to think actually this is just not useful i know it's just a waste i still find them in random drawers i'm like oh hong kong expo yeah <laughs> But then the interesting thing is, I, I remember quite recently, I think I was moving and I was I was like sort of trying to back up files and stuff. I opened my, my man drawer, which just has, you know, all of the things you just throw in there that you kind of want to keep but aren't really interested, batteries, all sorts. And I had USBs in all different shapes and sizes coming out and, and coming into play. So I actually used maybe about three of them for the nice. first time in about 10 years of owning them, which was nice. Uh, Listen to us, it's like floppy disk chat. That's USBs now. They're like taken over from the floppy disk. I don't even have a USB port on my Mac, so 
Yes, it? It's all in the cloud now, doesn't it? God, this is going to be used as a time capsule of uh, yeah. what it was like in the early noughties to, uh, yeah. to store files. Oh, dear. The next part of RSVP is an opportunity for you to share some of your best experiences. Um, the first experience I'd like to hear about is your favourite destination experience. Yeah, this was a really tough one. Um, We're so lucky in this industry to travel so much. It was really tough to narrow it down. I've been to some really amazing places and, you know, amazing projects with amazing people. Um, And the one I've chosen was nothing to do with an event at all, but just a gorgeous, gorgeous place is Bali. Um, I took some time out a couple of years ago and, yeah, went there for six weeks and just had an amazing time, went on my own um, for the first time traveling on my own and hadn't really planned too much either. So that element of, you know, planning two days in advance where you were then going to be was really exciting and gorgeous weather, amazing food. Um, I mean, as people will know, I'm vegan. <laughs> it only took me a few minutes to get there. Um, and it's just a vegan's paradise over in Bali. It's amazing. Um, gorgeous people, smell of incense everywhere, really welcoming and some really gorgeous buildings, um, restaurants. Um, yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. Had some amazing experiences there. Everybody should go. It sounds sounds very um eat pray love-esque i know it's such a cliche i think a lot of my things in this pod are going to be cliche but i don't really care i i had seen eat pray love but i actually hadn't realized where i was going was where she had gone i just was going to bali and and just thought oh yeah that's what she did and i did go to ubud and it rained most of the time but i i rented a scooter and built the courage up to um, scoot around on that after about a week or so and that was just awesome just scooting along in the sunshine in your flip-flops through Bali it's bloody awesome like yeah yeah I'm so jealous I've I've obviously been to that neck of the woods but I've never been to Bali and um, I think I even saw your pictures and was like yeah. I wish I was there it's an incredible experience and what I really liked as well was that it was your first opportunity to travel by yourself something mm. I still haven't done actually uh, not properly you know maybe an extension of a, of a trip or something for a day but um, what six weeks by yourself yeah. just exploring that must have been such an experience yeah it really was and it you know I, I lived by myself at the time and was quite used to my own company but it is a different step because you've got no one else to you know check is this decision all right oh do we want to do this do we think that's safe like is getting up at 2am to go hike a volcano a good idea only you can decide that and it was a good idea by the way um and yeah just complete freedom like I'm quite an indecisive person though I have to say so sometimes that was bad to be by myself because I'd be having internal arguments for about five hours um the argument was do I go and do yoga or do I lie here in the sun so it wasn't particularly taxing I mean I met people I met a lot of solo traveling females actually from all over the world just you know sat having food and and strike up a conversation um so a couple of people instagram friends um so yeah just a really great experience 
it's funny because I was going to say to you that one of the advantages of, of traveling by yourself must be that you don't have to have arguments with someone about whether or not you should do lying in the sun or whether you should hike a volcano. And then you're having those arguments internally anyway. So actually yep. the one benefit of traveling alone you didn't have. <laughs> okay. that's, that's being a Gemini for you. The next story I'd love to know about is your best hotel experience. This one, we head to the south of France and it is a, a toss-up, actually. I, I'm going to cheat and have two. But it's um, the Grand Cap Ferrat and um, the Hotel Hermitage in Monaco. I have really great memories of them. My first ever fam trip. Um, and we got to stay at both of these hotels. And I just, I'd done a really, really busy project. Before this is when I was working with Jack Morton. And it was a bit like, oh, Lord, what, what industry have I got myself into? And then we did this fam trip to the south of France and I remember being stood with a glass of champagne in the penthouse of this hotel and just thinking, oh, okay, this is what it's all about. Here we go. The Grand is just just luxury in a hotel. It was just amazing. Really amazing experience, amazing views and living the high life, basically. I um, loved it and and the hermitage the floors sparkle just amazing i was like this is luxury and in, in flooring <laughs> and just loved it they very kindly had given me a discount both hotels to send my parents for their 60th birthdays and my mum told me the story of getting to the grand hotel and one of the porters or, or whoever offering to carry her magazine for her <laughs> And she she loves that story. I love that story. And I just think, you know, it's that kind of old world hospitality. I love it. That's that's the definition of luxury, isn't it? When, you know, the floors sparkle and someone will carry your magazine for you. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it's a, it's a fantastic part of the world for that kind of level of luxury as well. So I've I've also been there and I can completely agree. It's just it's just a different level, isn't it? You get five star hotels and then you get five star hotels on a on an extreme version of that. Yeah, they're just amazing and the people are amazing and glamorous people. Just a really lovely place to be. The sun's always shining. Yeah, brilliant. That's the beauty of this industry, isn't it? You can kind of pretend that you're royalty uh, because we get to experience these things, but um, but we're not as uh, as as blue-blooded as the, the people <laughs> that are actually, you know, paying to, to have these experiences. Yeah, exactly. The next story I would like you to tell is your most memorable food experience and again this doesn't have to be a work related it could be your local corner shop um what is your most memorable food experience yeah so this one is work related actually um and it was a recent one that i was uh lucky enough to have for a job that will hopefully be be um going ahead this year in madrid did i mention i'm vegan um <laughs> so in madrid not that particularly vegan, veggie friendly, um, the Spanish. Everything's uh, cheese and, and ham on. Um, but I'd let the client know that obviously I was vegan. And they very, very kindly had organised a night for us all to go to a vegetarian restaurant. And everybody is looking at me thinking, oh, Esther, right now we all have to eat vegetarian. Thank you very much. And I'm a bit like, oh, you know, just a restaurant with a veggie option is totally fine. And now we're all all going off to a veggie restaurant. 
But this was a Michelin-starred restaurant and it was just amazing. It, it was a real experience. I'm sat there with um, my colleagues from Chorus and the client, one of them being a relatively stocky Argentinian and the other a Spanish guy. And we're sat there in this kind of, you know, twinkly music, vegetarian restaurant where the waiters are all softly spoken and, you know, flowers surrounding us, all that kind of environment. Um, and it, we just had an amazing meal and everyone loved it. It was really nice to see 13 courses, I think it was. And it was all paired with the drink, different types of kombucha, mushrooms cooked in so many different ways I didn't know possible, like different flavours, just unbelievable curried flavour, smoked butter, um, which which one of the guys particularly loved. And just a real, real experience. And... Um, topped off with they'd handwritten the menu out and you could take that as a keepsake and you'd been given these clay clay molded cups and you got to keep one of those as well so that's my definitely you know up there with the most memorable experiences with food and also to see see the others loving it as well because it, it's something I'm quite keen on and passionate about uh, so yeah yeah, that would be it. That's great. You're you're not the first vegan we've had on the podcast, actually. So um, you'll you'll be pleased to know that you you shouldn't be too victimised. Um, <laughs> but I do love that you've managed to mention it twice already. I know. Uh, <laughs> Again, cliche. <laughs> but um, but that sounds incredible. That sounds absolutely incredible. And I like the the little touches you've dressed as well, like the handwritten menu and the clay molded cups and things like that. I think part of the food is the kind of the theatre around it as well and the the little touches um, that make it memorable. So, you know, obviously it will taste incredible, but then having those kind of little memorable uh, aspects to it as well is, is great. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, true, true experience dining. The next part of RSVP is an opportunity for you to paint the picture of your perfect, your dream event. And there are no limitations do not let reality stop you. Do not let budget stop you. The world is your oyster. So this, again, might just be a really cliche event and boring, I don't know. And people actually do this as their jobs. But I think having having worked on a lot of corporate stuff for a long time and maybe I feel the need to break free, but I'd love to just have a, a private island and just get everybody there for a big festival I just love that vibe, just hire an island and, and no holds barred on acts that come. Everyone's a VIP and, and get that festival vibe going on. I'm obviously missing them. Um, I was one of the lucky ones who's got a Glastow ticket, but obviously um, that's been postponed now again. So I'm I'm obviously missing that festival vibe, but yeah, I'd have just all the good feels from, from festivals and, and people loving it, I think... That's probably the difference of my dream event is for not a, a corporate thing that maybe you're being forced to go to, but just something that everybody loves, like Glastonbury. You just everyone loves it. Such a great vibe, creating gorgeous moments. And yeah, that's the dream. It might be simple, it might be cliche, but there you go. Like that Glastonbury, but on... A, a remote island somewhere. I'm assuming somewhere with good weather, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good weather. 
Um, but you know, you could have a little bit of rain every now and then because that that creates memories as well. Yeah, the mud Got and the wellies. Got to find shelter. Yeah, yeah. It's still a festival at the end of the day. Yeah, I think just the vibe. But you've got to have a bit of bad weather to bring people together. You know, you never know who you might meet in the rain. <laughs> I love that. That sounds so romantic. You know, you never know who you might meet in the rain. Um, and obviously, you know, your headliners, there's no limitation. These could be acts that are dead uh, or alive. Who would be, you know, one or two of the kind of headliners you'd have at your Glasgow on an island? If if I was going to the small acoustic tent, we'll put, put, put ourselves there for a moment. It'd be Eva Cassidy. Just uh, how awesome would that be? Stumbling across her at a festival, it'd just be amazing. On the main stage, I'd, had, I'd have Stevie. I missed him one year. Um, at Glasgow I had tickets so I'd definitely have a bit of Stevie Wonder who else god I don't know I'm a bit of a teeny bopper and a Disney lover as you know <laughs> not very rock and roll <laughs> I love the combination you're like Eva Casti, Stevie Wonder and then obviously some Disney yeah maybe some Zane <laughs> we could Zane sing Malik. along <laughs> actually no I, I don't like that guy <laughs> Um, that's brilliant. I love it. I love the idea of you've almost taken your your most memorable destination experience. It's almost like yeah. combining <laughs> combining barley and saying, do you know what? It's it's Glaston barley. You know, Glaston it's, barley. It's, oh, great shout! There you I go. Like, cop, cop, copyright that. I think you can uh, you could probably run with that. that I think Glaston barley. Love it. <laughs> Zane may or may not be invited. <laughs> might might be slightly hard to get either there, but. <laughs> Hologram, there we go. (laughs) The final part of RSVP is the P stands for pains. And basically, we invite people to share their pains. Uh, Our listeners will send anonymous confessions to me. And they have really varied over the weeks uh, and months. Um, This one is... Interesting is all I will say. I'm so looking forward to this. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's it it's fun to hear, but it's not something I would want to be part of. Let's put it that way. Um, right. Okay. Here we go. Dear Callum, we were on a coach transfer in Borneo, which turned out to be a regrettably long journey for such a mode of transport, especially given the quality of the coach. It was a bit run down, but everything seemed fine as we headed to the hotel. That was until someone decided to use the toilet. The individual was clearly unwell, as it wasn't long before the smell managed to envelop the entire coach. Everyone began to cough and gag and cover their noses, while those that could see the funny side started to laugh. Already, I'm, I'm not a fan of this confession, I, I, by the way. I'm just wondering whether I've heard this before. <laughs> However, it got worse. It turned out that the flush also didn't work, and as a replacement, there was a bucket for passengers to use. But this wasn't quite an ideal solution, because soon enough, a river of excrement started to make its way along the entire coach. In fact, some passengers even had their bags on the floor, and sadly, they didn't escape their smelly doom. And so, when we eventually arrived, the hotel had to welcome a busload of very smelly <laughs> guests. 
Oh, that's just horrific. <laughs> it is horrific. It's actually, I find that worse than some of the other ones that have been far really? more sinister in the past. It actually makes me kind of gag now, just the thought of it. Oh, no. And just being on a hot, hot, steamy bus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Borneo, exactly. You know, the weather is more than likely to have been pretty sweaty. Oh, no. No, I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't know, that's not... It could be worse, it could be worse. Look, I'm a festival girl. It's like the like the long drops at Glastow, embrace it. I guess you haven't <laughs> chosen that on a bus, have you? It's not what you're <laughs> signed up for. No, especially like, you know, you've, you've gone to maybe see the orangutan and, you know, you're, you're thinking, <laughs> oh my God, I'm... This is a once in a lifetime experience, you know, possibly an incentive and uh, and then a river of... Oh no. We're not not allowed to swear on this, are we? (laughs) No, you can swear. A river of shit. (laughs) It it just reminds me of a story a girl had told me about a friend on a flight. And it was the moment just as they're about to take off and you know you kind of sat for a while and you're taxing on all the rest of it and you're just about to take off and and her friend was like I really need the loo like I really need the loo and he like goes to unclip and the hostess is like you gotta stay stay clipped we're like we're about to go and he's like I need the loo and anyway it kind of escalates to the point that apparently he just jumped out of his chair was in the middle of the plane he's like I'm gonna shit myself And I think they had to, like, stop the flight from taking off because this guy had to go to the loo. And I was just like, oh, so mortifying. <laughs> See, I was going to say, if it was mid-flight and a situation like this happened, you know, at least with a coach, I mean, I don't know why they didn't, but you could pull over, you could kind of empty, you know, you, you, there's, there's things you can do, right, because you're on land. But in the sky, there is yeah. no escape. And also the bag thing, like... You can pick a bag up. I don't know. Like, what are you doing? Oh, no, there's there's poo on my bag. Pick it up. <laughs> I wonder if, because they said it was um, a regrettably long journey, I wonder if maybe there was just this poor innocent person sleeping or something, didn't realise what was like <laughs> seeping towards them as it was just slowly oh, approaching. And God. it's the other passengers that I blame for not maybe saying, mate, lift your bag up, you know. <laughs> Protect your personals. Oh, dear. Yeah, that that's actually possibly up there with one of my worst nightmares. I'm quite, um, I'm not a fan, oh, not no. a fan. Well, look, we'll no. we'll have flushing toilets at Glastonbury just Good. for that, you. That, I will attend now. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you said it's a VIP experience. So, it is um, a VIP. It's, think think fire festival, but but how it was meant to be, and and tons more. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Esther. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you and uh, you've shared some fantastic experiences. Um, I don't know if anybody knows, but you're a vegan. Um, did I mention sorry. that? You did. Yeah, and once and or twice. I've been to Bali. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was, yes, thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Callum. It's so nice to see you. There we have it, another episode of RSVP. And a big thank you to Esther Clark, whose idea of Glastonbury, I genuinely think, could happen. But don't go anywhere just yet, because as always, we have our in-house one-man band, Sam McNeil, the UK General Manager of Song Division, who's going to wrap up this episode with one of his songs. And of course, like, rate, subscribe, and promote this podcast to all of your industry friends. 
but more importantly, I want to hear from you. Submit your confessions. Confess, it's good for the soul. All you have to do is email cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. That's cit.rsvp at haymarket.com. But until next week, play it, Sam. Okay, this one's coming at you hard and fast. Let's rock! Singing Disney without a care She don't need another USB It's all in the cloud, baby, can't you see? Sometimes she don't have the time To meet every single supplier Travel to Bali without a plan On your own, yeah, that sounds grand Meet great people, live your best life Vegetarian restaurant with a Michelin star. 13 courses and a takeaway cup. Now we're talking sign Esther up. Then head to an island with a festival vibe. With a little bit of rain and lots of sunshine. You never know who you might meet in the rain. Either Cassidy and Stevie Wonder bringing their A game. It sure beats a hot bus in Borneo. Especially when somebody's got to go It's not the kind of river that you want to see To get so covered in shit, oh Dear me, you're better off hanging with Esther Clark And singing Disney with Callum at the London Hard Rock